Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 14, season two of Boy Meets, uh, oh my God, Playing with Squirrels, a Boy Meets World fan cast. I'm going to just keep it all in because editing sucks. Uh, This episode is I Am Not a Crook, which was released on January 13th, 1995. And this week, I'm joined by Analog Jones's very own Stephen Bay. Hello, thanks for having me on again, and I hope you're ready for a wild election. Yes, uh, I feel like, and maybe I'm very wrong here, but did you request this episode? I sure did, sir. I actually really remember this one. Uh, I liked it a lot. I haven't seen it in, who knows, like a decade. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, this explains why I like it. It's madness. Yeah, it's it's a really fun episode. I had a shit ton of notes written down for this episode, actually. Yeah, I, I was really shocked when how much of it reflected our current political system, where it's <laughs> it's just a giant hive mind of people cheering for whatever sounded good. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing, which was why like midway through it, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Steven requested this episode a while ago. Uh, so... The episode kicks off. Corey's trying to figure out what club he should join for school. And he can't think of anything because he's just an average guy. Uh, but then uh, the Mr. Turner's talking about how they're going to do their student president elections. And Sean thinks that Corey would be perfect. Uh, so Corey nominates <coughs> Meese. Is that his name? Uh, you know what? I don't know that guy's name, but basically it's he's a, just the replacement. Yeah, he's yeah. just the replacement of, um, oh, the uh, the nerd from the first season. Oh uh, Minkus. Mink- Minkus. Minkus, yeah. Minkus, yeah. Minkus, yeah. He's nowhere. Minkus is much better. Minkus is so charming. Mies is not. Um, so Corey explains why he shouldn't be running for president and ends up turning into a mid-campaign speech uh, as he's <coughs> as he's giving it. And he has a line in there that I absolutely love where he goes, and if elected, I'll say to each and every one of you, hey, thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it goes right into the, the song. And I was like, that's, yeah, that's a good ending on that. I was pumped for the episode. Yeah. it's And this has one of my favorite screenshots that I use very often, which is Sean shooting Corey's campaign video. And the angle is like, hey, Corey's an every guy like everyone else. And he just stops and points at the camera and goes, hey, I'm average. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I've seen that one before. <laughs> oh, I, I use, that used to be my brother's uh, Facebook profile picture for years. Oh, that's funny. 
But uh, so what ends up happening, though, is what starts off as a very noble campaign of like, hey, I'm just like you. Like, I'm no one special. Quickly turns into like a very sexist uh, thing built on lies. <clears throat> oh, you are a trooper today. Yeah. Uh, at one point, Corey uh, ha- has to explain to his parents that they're going to be dead in the campaign video. But <laughs> don't worry, after he's elected, they'll find them and realize that they weren't actually dead. I do love how scummy his campaign becomes so quickly. Oh, very quickly. He's promising that, like, Feeney will be removed as principal if he's made president. Like, Yeah, he's explaining that to the Mighty Duck. Yeah, it's insane. It's absolutely bonkers. But then this leads to Meese has to start making insane lies in order to match up. Yes, and when they're both on their soapbox, like, just, like, one saying, five-day weekend, the other one saying, I don't remember what... I'm just going to call mice. I, I, Meese. I don't like that name. Yeah. Well, he says that he's going to get rid of homework. He's going to abolish homework. And then Sean refers to him as the curve breaker. He's like, (laughs) who cares about homework? You're the one that always gets A's and ruins all of our curves. So that's when Corey promises the five day weekend, which, uh, leads to one of the good Turner lines. Where Feeney, Feeney and Turner are standing in there watching this happen, and Feeney asks Turner, um, when are you going to step in and stop this? And he goes, well, if Matthews wins, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, that was a great. I, I do also like the overshadowing of how he's letting the kids work it out, and then Feeney makes that little joke. He was like, yeah, they remind me of a young teacher I know. Yeah. I, I love the chemistry between those two. I really like Mr. Turner. I think Mr. Turner in this episode specifically just really shines as a as a good comedic beat. And he's like the cool teacher, but he's also the teacher that is in over his head, but doesn't want people to know he's in over his head. Um, You find that out towards the end where he's like, yeah, I always knew this would work out. And Feeney's like, you realize how lucky you are? He goes, I'm extremely lucky, sir. Um, (laughs) So Meese decides to to turn the tables and he brings out a girl that states that once Sean told her that girls were icky, but now Sean's a womanizer. So that means that Sean is a flip flopper and Corey is forced to fire him in order to uh, continue to campaign. Yep. Fires his best friend. Not a good move. No. And Sean summarizes the pain that he's in when he says, You'll know what it's like one day when your friend takes a gun and stabs you in the back before your very eyes, which is just such a complicated, brilliant writing for that line, actually. But uh, (laughs) yeah, for uh, for a teenager show, there's a lot of good lines, uh, good written. It's a good, good story here. Yeah. Now, what I don't like, uh, and this is a thing that I've had a problem with throughout multiple episodes is the over-the-top girls wooing the second that Eric just walks into frame. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cheesy. Um, I I guess that was just, I don't know, something they did. Uh, I don't know if you could do that nowadays. I mean, you could do that nowadays. I just don't think it would be used as much. No, probably not. I mean, I feel like a lot of these... Um, these uh, most of these shows i don't know many things that are filmed with like the live studio audience and the canned laughter anymore so it probably wouldn't even be a factor anymore that's a good point yeah uh so eric is trying to uh intimidate cory a little bit because cory's bragging about how 
you know, when he wins this presidency, everyone's going to associate Eric as Corey's older brother instead of him being Eric's younger brother. Uh, he's, he's like, who's that guy that's in, in the car with Corey? And Eric says, who's that guy that's got photos of Corey running naked through a sprinkler? Yeah. Corey says, I was four. He goes, you were 12. And he just goes, well, it was very refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's I. It was weird how they shoehorned Eric into this. I mean, he got the really good, you know, little bitty jokes, little bitty uh, punchlines, but I thought it was a little odd. I was like, eh, he doesn't really need to be in this, but I still enjoy it. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, he was definitely forced into this episode when he really could have taken the week off from set. <laughs> uh, so Corey's goals on all of his posters say that it's all about honesty loyalty and decency which is uh you know kind of what john cena runs his campaign on as well (laughs) um and that's when his dad points out yeah you know you were honest about your family you were loyal to your friend and you were decent to to your i forget what it was oh yeah you were decent decent enough to kill your parents yeah that's what it was um just really shows him what for uh so we get to the final the big campaign day and that's when Sean joins the campaign, um, has a line that I love where Feeney goes, do you even have any ideas on what you would do as president? He goes, oh, yeah, big honking ones. And then Feeney just looks at Turner and says, big honking ones. Yep. I <laughs> Yes. I'm glad he didn't use huge. I was yeah, like, oh, huge. thank God. <laughs> I've, got, I've got huge ideas. The best ideas ever. Um <laughs> Sean claims that the reason why he called girls icky was because he was suffering from a severe case of the cooties back then that he has bravely overcome uh, for the sympathy vote. And that's when Meese decides he needs to resign uh, after he accidentally says, my mom doesn't still dress me. Yeah. Yep. That was well, I was like, well, good. Now you're out of the episode. (laughs) Yeah. Worthless character. Corey gives a speech about also not being a good candidate and then. He resigns. <coughs> Sean then confesses to all the wrongdoings and says that, you know, Corey probably should run. But he, if Corey's resigning, then he's going to resign. So they're left in disarray. They have no one to lead them into the next year. Enter Topanga, who gives a speech all about the changes that the school needs to be made. And what I really like is that the things that she's saying are things that Corey says that he actually wants to do when he gets in the position, but he can't talk about it during his campaign because it would be boring. And it's actually winning over the crowd. Uh, but even then, you see Topanga uh, quickly get you know corrupted by power uh, yeah. as she's on stage. And there's a nice little touch where as she gets the whole crowd to chant Topanga, the credits start to pop up, and it just says, Executive Producer Topanga. Yeah, I... I really liked the little in there where like she started saying all the actual things they needed and then they are still clever enough. Like, but you know, power corrupts. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's what it comes down to all the time. Like it's, it's tough power. We've learned if, if there's anything that we've learned in the last two years, it is how easy power can corrupt people. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? I think, I think uh, little Topanga's got a, a future in politics. Yeah, I think she does too. Uh, but 
all in all, really solid episode. Really, the, the, I've had like two or three back-to-back good episodes lately. Season two's starting to pick up steam. We're going to get to like the gold that is season three and four soon, which is when the show really starts to ramp up for me. But uh, so did this live up to your memories of of this? Like, what were some of the scenes from this episode that you remembered enough to be like, I really want to do I'm not a crook? Uh, I remember the soapbox thing where they were just sitting there like yelling at each other and it was two sides kind of splitting apart. But what I what actually like exceeded my expectations was how real it was and how to this day it's still very topical. I I, I was shocked and uh, I, I do. You know what? I don't remember the nerd kid as much. I remember, though, Sean, I, I always thought in my mind that it was Sean, Topanga and Eric or not Eric. Um, Corey, Corey uh, on the stage at the end debating against each other. So I guess I just made that up. Yeah, I mean, that happens. I'm sure there was another episode where Sean, Corey and Topanga were on a stage debating later on in this series as well. I feel like as much as I love Boy Meets World, they do go to the well a couple times uh, and <clears throat> redo some episodes under a slightly new uh, glossy paint. Yeah, well, they all can't be gold. No, they can't. And the first season proved that. Yes, it um, did. Yeah. So you are also a podcaster over here on the Geekscape Network. You do the Analog Jones and the Temple of Film podcast. So how about you give a quick promotion on that? Where can people listen to your show and all that fun jazz? Well, we just basically wax nostalgia. Uh, we take the old VHS tapes from our childhood. Uh, we talk about the box art trailers. We go behind the scenes. Uh, we get pretty pretty nerdy. Uh, so if you are big into listening to two idiots talk about their old favorite movies and some of the ones they hate, we're more of a, a like a uh, <laughs> it's all good, even though some of it's crap podcast. <laughs> You guys uh, and actually convinced me to watch. I had never watched it as a kid, um, but your episode convinced me to watch Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves while it was on uh, Instant Watch. And what a oh, fun man. Movie. A little too long, yeah. but a fun movie. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Costner uh, going in and out of a English accent until he just gives up. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Alan, Alan Rickman is the star of that movie, all in all. I've cut your heart out with a spoon. Love him. Uh, And also the music video at the end of that movie is uh, worth the, you know, pacing problems that it has. Which is not on the Netflix stream. (gasps) No. Well, because you know how Netflix is once credits roll, it immediately like slides up into the top right corner. And it's like in five seconds, we're going to start playing a trailer for some new Netflix show. So you can't even get deep enough into the credits to see the music video. So you'll never know what Robin Hood would do for love. I mean, I've seen the video. He would do anything for love. Spoilers. I think (laughs) you combined two songs, I thought. Probably. I don't know. I think you're talking, you just quoted Meatloaf's I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. I think I did. Yeah. Well, that's also a great everything I do do for you. you. Yeah. Yeah. I almost put in a rose. um, What was the song on uh, Batman Returns? Hmm. Steel sang it. Um, Oh, that was not bad. That was Batman Forever. Kiss from a Rose. Kiss from a Rose. Yeah. I, I take those three songs and I jam them into one. I mean, that's one hell of a song. That is that is a number. That's a number one seller right there. (laughs) All right. Well, 
We will be back next week with another episode of Playing with Squirrels. In the meantime, go download some of Analog Jones. Enjoy their stuff. I highly recommend the Theodore Rex episode. That's oh. a good starting point. Uh, but yeah, great show. Keep up the great work, Stephen. We are always proud to call you a friend, and you always have a place on the Playing with Squirrels podcast. Yay, boy meets world.